From the 97.7 WAOB Studios at 6th and Bustering Streets in downtown Vincennes, it's time now for Legal News and Views. Now, here's Dave Rulligan and Jeff Cobb with Legal News and Views. Welcome, Legal News and Views. I'm Jeff. I'm Dave. You need to dial back on the sugar, big boy. <laughs> All right, now my blood sugar is running just fine. It's in limits, but uh, thanks for asking. Uh, we're live, if you can't tell from that banter, uh, here at the Brevoort House, downtown Vincennes. And we'd love for you to join us. Uh, it uh, best way, obviously, is call 812-882-3737. Operators standing by, waiting for your call. And callers have priority. Hopefully, it's a question of a legal nature, because after all, Dave and I, what do we have? Yeah, I have 47 years. You have 45 years? Yes. So 93, 92 years of experience talking here. Um, this, by the way, will be the last legal news and views of the 2023 year. Uh, next Thursday is the office party, and you're not invited. Sorry. That's the way it works. And uh, He's talking to me, folks. You're all welcome. <laughs> uh, after that, um, will be the holiday vacations. So uh, we wish you all a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year's at the beginning of the show. Otherwise, if we don't hear from you uh, about what you want to talk about, Dave and I will talk about what we want to talk about hopefully, of an interesting, entertaining nature. Another artificial intelligence story, specifically chat GBT. <clears throat> A lawyer for Michael Cohen, whose name may be familiar, he was once the fixer for Donald Trump and the, uh, now a convicted felon. Uh, the, his lawyer was accused of citing non-existent court cases and filings after using this artificial intelligence program. David Schwartz, who is representing Cohen as he seeks to end his supervised release early, so he's kind of on probation now, Cohen is, uh, he was jailed for lying to Congress, is alleged to have included three fake rulings in November, which show there was president for a U.S. Court, precedent for a U.S. Court of Appeals for the Second Circuit making this decision. And as a lawyer, you want a case that supports your position, but they need to be real cases. Yeah, yeah, yes, and if it was that on point, I would say, Jeff, Eureka, look at this case. It says exactly what I want it to, which hardly ever happens. Well, and if you I'll, look it up and it doesn't exist, you might say, that's not a good case. Obviously, the point is there are no shortcuts. You've got to read the cases before you cite them. You just can't rely on a computer to tell you, yeah, this, this is it. Um, I like to do follow-ups, and I'm going to really dig deep. <laughs> the, Tom Lee, I think, on his intro said four decades of doing the show. We're probably at 30 years, but uh, uh, in that 30-year period of time, by far the biggest crime in dollar figures is good old Bernie Madoff. Bernie ran a Ponzi scheme that at one time claimed $64 billion, that's billion with a B, uh, dollars worth of assets from over 130 country and 40,000 different investors because old Bernie was paying out 10% plus in terms of, of return, but usually taking people's money that was coming in to pay off people who were already in. Uh, Bernie got 150 years in jail and died in jail. But way back when, uh, the Justice Department formed what's known as the Madoff Victims Fund, and it, over the course of its period of time, has collected for the victims of Bernie Madoff some 90% of what they've lost. Uh, it's quite, actually in the annals of the law, quite uh, a feature or a uh, an accomplishment. Un unprecedented, I would say, practically. Yeah, oh, yes. And they just announced another $159 million to be distributed to the victims. Uh, you might say, well, where, does, where do they get all this money back from? $2.2 million was collected as part of a historic civil forfeiture recovery from the estate of a Madoff investor known as Jeffrey Pickauer. 
and then they got $1.7 billion from J.P. Morgan. Uh, so how do they get it back? Well, the basic allegation is you were part of this. You should have known what was going on, and you all you did was profit from other people's losses, uh, so pay it back. Uh, they also got money from Carl Shapiro and his family and uh, against, of course, the Madoff family. Uh, that's an ongoing fund. They're apparently still trying to collect money back for the victims. But in, again, white-collar crime, blue-collar crime, any kind of crime, in terms of dollar figures, nothing compares to good old Bernie Madoff. Uh, this is a story out of Colorado, and it's, well, you be the judge of what you think about it. Colorado attorneys for two men accused of stealing items from Kohl's shoplifting, oh, retail I, theft. I've got that too. Including KitchenAid appliances argued for lesser charges during their trial because some of the items they stole were on sale. <laughs> yeah. Well, that wasn't a $300 mixer. It was on sale for 150 So I really only stole a $150 item, which could affect their charges. Under Colorado law, theft less than $2,000 is a misdemeanor, uh, while 2000 to 5000 is a felony. At the trial that the two were convicted of, the prosecution argued that the items stolen were um, just right at $2,095. So these guys may have an actual... Uh, well, I think if if the loss to the retailer is the, is the element, then they, I think they are onto something. That's, I hate to say, uh, pretty clever, but it's pretty clever. <laughs> well, and, and for listeners, by the way, Indiana has similar distinctions between misdemeanors and felonies. Um, a misdemeanor, obviously a first-time misdemeanor, you aren't getting jail time. Uh, so it's a big difference between a felony and a misdemeanor. Uh, Facebook, back in 2017, hired Barbara Furlow Smiles, uh, 38 years old, uh, to be the head of their diversity, uh, equity, and inclusion program, often called DEI programs. Uh, she was responsible for developing and executing uh, initiatives and operations related to minority hiring or making sure that Facebook uh, was sufficiently diverse. Uh, she just recently pled guilty, guilty to stealing more than $4 million from uh, Facebook. She set up a bunch, uh, she had the credit cards, and then she would set up PayPal, Venvo, and Cash App accounts uh, to her friends, uh, relatives, nannies, babysitters, a hairstylist. And they would all bill Facebook that she would pay, and then they would all give her cash back based on... Uh, that sounds like an illegal uh, kickback scheme. It is exactly a kickback scheme. Um, uh, I'm sure she's highly educated and, uh, and probably very, and diverse. very smart. Uh, well, yes, she is diverse, uh, but at the same time, um, she's... Probably looking at a good amount of jail. We don't time. have Fresca in my building. Where do you get Fresca? Ah, in the uh, office of solitude. I see. Eight going next door. There'll be more legal <laughs> news and views. Ninety-seven three and ninety-seven seven FM fourteen fifty AM. We're streaming somewhere live. We'll be right back. Stay we're tuned. Also, we're, we're what what was it called when we're they. Can look at it as any time. Podcasting. Wish. There we are. Podcasting. Thank you. Oh my you. God. Yeah. Have you ever missed one of your favorite local shows on WAOV? Ever missed the morning chat, Mark and Mark, or even financial questions, real answers? Well, that's not a problem anymore. WAOV has our local shows on podcast and easy to get to them. Go to WAOVAM.com and click on the podcast tab at the top to find your show. It's that easy. So if you miss Vintage Vincent, legal news or views, or just the tips, listen to the podcast the next day. Go to WAOVAM.com and find your podcast. And we're back. Legal News and Views. I'm Jeff. I'm Dave. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. And you can join us. 812-882-3737. Citizens Arrest. I used to see that on the old Andy Griffith show. <laughs> Citizens Arrest. <laughs> uh, was it? Uh, well, Barney was a deputy. Yeah, Barney was a deputy, but it was uh, Gomer. 
Gomer. Gomer would, he got mad at Bernie and would do citizen's arrest. This Georgia woman was found guilty on all counts for what they're calling the citizen's arrest murder. Hannah Payne, age 25, was found guilty Tuesday of this week on felony murder, malice murder, aggravated assault, false imprisonment, and three weapons possession charges uh, after she killed 62-year-old Kenneth Herring. Now, apparently what happened, there had been an automobile accident, and apparently Mr. Herring drove off, which upset Hannah Payne, who followed him. And then he stopped, and then they got into an argument, and somehow she ended up pulling a gun and killing him. Ah. Now, the, her defense said self-defense. Chasing someone down, stopping them, holding them at gunpoint, and shooting them, that's a tough sell on self-defense. And even if it was a legitimate citizen's arrest, which is a real thing, uh, that could have been called excessive force. Yeah, you're not required or allowed to use deadly force. So, because it's not an arrest at that point. Don't time. know what her sentence will be. <laughs> it's but, a death penalty. Uh, she's only 25. She's uh, sad. Yeah. Well, uh, it's worse for the guy she killed. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> yeah. A breaking story uh, that I found on the internet involves fourth grade students at uh, elementary school in Amherst, Virginia. Uh, apparently, six of them became sick after ingesting gummy bears. At first, uh, officials thought that it was the gummy bears that contained fentanyl, um, but then they found out that the gummy bears were just fine, but they were in a plastic bag that was contaminated with fentanyl, and that is what was on the gummy bears and got the students sick. Could have killed all of them. Very Symptoms scary. include nausea, vomiting, headache, muscle spasms. Uh, so uh, the, I guess the most recent part of this story is they've arrested Clifford Dugan and Nicole Sanders uh, related to the contamination of the plastic bag. In other words, they had something to do with the fentanyl. It's not clear from this story, because it is a breaking story, what relationship, if any, they had to the student who actually brought the gummy bears to, uh, to the school. You got a kid getting ready to go to school. He grabs a fistful of gummy bears and says, gee, well, here's a plastic bag. I will stick my gummy bears in this plastic bag. Uh, yeah, that happened. Dugan and Sat Dugan's charged with contributing to the delinquency of a minor and being a convicted felon in possession of a firearm. In other words, uh, oops. Sanders, the woman, um, also contributing to a delinquency in possession of a controlled substance. She's being held on a $2,500 bond. You're right about the relationship, though, because if they were in a parental relationship that would have been child neglect charges as opposed to contributing. Yeah. I don't think you can contribute to the delinquency of your own kid. It's just neglect. Tampa, Florida. Kind of an odd story. Nicole Harness suffers from congestive heart failure. Her job is making homemade tumblers and t-shirts and she sells them on Amazon. Tumblers? You know, glasses. You know, you put not people. You put liquids in them and drink. Acrobats? Tumblers? Yeah. yeah. Archie Leach, also known as Cary Grant, was a tumbler. She's a big Luke Combs fan. After she went to his concert in Tampa this summer, she started selling uh, Luke Combs-themed tumblers. She says she bought artwork online and sold 18 tumblers for $20 each. She made $380. Uh, that's what she sold them for. Who knows what her costs were. Now she learned Combs sued her in federal court in Illinois, along with various others, for selling counterfeit merchandise. And the, its case is already closed. The judge ordered each defendant, including this sick person, to pay Combs a quarter million dollars. Uh, now, apparently, Combs didn't really know that was going on in his concert. He apologized. Oh, my, he feels terrible. And I think he's trying to help fund that. Uh, um, so, you know, the little guy gets crushed. Now, there's the intellectual property deserves to be protected, but... I'm not sure a $250,000 fine meets the crime. Um, she And she didn't even get notice of the lawsuit because apparently they tried to email notice to her, and so she was defaulted and didn't even have a chance to explain her situation. Uh, 
She said, I could have stopped. I would have told him I'm sorry. I would have given him my $380. I think that's terrible. Down in Florida is Polk County. Uh, and it's famous apparently for its sheriff, Grady Judd. Oh, no, not Grady Judd. Well, that's the story. Grady became sheriff in 2004 and has been elected five times. And uh, his deputies stopped what they noted was a stolen Dodge Ram truck just after 1 a.m. The driver, identified as Tamari Lucas, age 24, a Tampa resident, uh, he stopped the truck and was arrested. uh, And he told the deputies he wouldn't be in jail long because this is Osceola County and I'll just bail out. The deputies then informed him that, no, this is Polk County. Ouch. His reaction is what makes this story great. It was, oh, my God, not Grady Judd. Are you blank serious? This really sucks because you guys don't play around in Polk County. Turns out that Mr. Lucas uh, was charged with grand theft auto. He has a criminal history that includes 30 previous felony charges, 12 previous misdemeanor charges, and 19 rearrest charges. Uh, so I'm not sure how Polk County does it differently from Osceola, uh, but he really wasn't happy with being well, in Polk County. Two things about that story. In Indiana, we have term limits. You can only be sheriff two terms, yeah. not get elected five times. And the other point I would point out is that the sheriff doesn't set bail. I mean, he could be a law and order guy, and he says, you're not getting out. The judge says, yeah, it's $10,000, whatever the number is. The judge sets bail. But it's interesting that this repeat offender would somehow be afraid of Grady Judd. Unless Grady's running for re-election, and this is a planted story. Well, oh, it's like those law firms that advertise. Oh no, not that law firm. You I could better be, settle. You could be right because I have another Grady Judd story. Uh, well, I think Grady Judge might be uh, he's salt. A, he's the, linked in or hooked into the. He might be internet? salt. He might be salt in the mine. He's the guy in the glass bottom boat that throws a dollar, dollar in the tip jar. Just hey, look, everyone, tip tip your boat driver. Uh, your turn. An author. Uh, was had a book deal, getting ready to publish her first book. But sadly, she left negative Goodreads review. Goodreads is a, a public, as uh, a book review uh, website. People can post books, leave reviews, tell people what you're reading. And she would leave reviews on the new works of other authors, or maybe first-time authors. And she got dropped by her publisher and said, we're not publishing your book. And then her agent dropped her. Uh, Delray Books announced it was dropping Crown of Starlight, first-time author Kate Corain, from its 2024 slate after many writers and readers said that she review-bombed other authors by, authors by leaving negative reviews on their books. Uh, her agent also said she would no longer work with this author. Um, they, uh, some TikTok folks detailed her months-long pattern of leaving one-star reviews through fake Goodread accounts. So she went out of her way, not, not even giving honest reviews. We create fake accounts and then leave one stars and bad comments. <laughs> and then she would leave uh, positive reviews on her own books, which was, hadn't come out yet. Uh, first, she denied the allegations, but she was uh, caught out. Now, this review bombing, I can see where that would cause a backlash, but that's also with um, uh, you know people who do fake reviews, where you... you uh, do fake five-star reviews and you say, well, this is really a good product, but they're not real. Apparently Amazon and some other groups are trying to figure out how to do that. So I keep uh, getting asked to review things for Amazon, like I bought plastic forks for the office. Review this seller. Yeah, well, they're they were forks. forks. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, but they were good. They were plastic. They were forks. Well, you're actually giving me a tie into my story. That's why I'm here, Jeff. Tis the season, uh, obviously, for gifting and for lots of packages, Amazon included, delivered to your front porch 
which means it's the season for the porch pirate. Kensley Ma. I'm going to just stop you there, Jeff. Yes, ma'am. I think it gives pirates a bad name when you porch pirate. When you call it gives pirates a bad name. You insult them when these package thieves are called porch pirates. They well, what if when they take the package they go arg? Yeah, it's no. It's just that's like uh, that's like when you call somebody a lone wolf. That that insults wolves. Wolves. Go ahead. All right. Kensley Mott, age 32, is a, is a female, and in Winter Haven, Florida, she would follow the Amazon truck around, note where they dropped off packages. Then between noon and 12.30 on Monday, she began stealing the packages from the front porch uh, after delivered by Amazon. And as a tie into my last story, if you don't know, Winter Haven, Florida is in... Polk County. Yeah, <laughs> good, our good friend, Sheriff uh, Judd, uh, is the one doing the press conference. Uh, they were able, from the cameras uh, on some of the porches, to identify her and also to identify the truck that she drove off in. Uh, so they eventually found her, found a lot of the stuff still in the truck. They, according to Sheriff Judd, his deputies asked her what she was planning to do, and she said, well, I was going to re-gift the packages on Christmas. The deputies then gave her the opportunity to return the packages, but she refused, saying, well, how do you know I stole them? At which point in time, they showed her the footage from the camera. Her response was, well, what if that's someone else who just had my face? Uh, Sheriff Judd said she is uh, charged with theft. I don't think she's in the running to be a Bond villain. <laughs> no, no. Uh, and uh, uh, she's got some problems. Yes. Oops. Yeah. My, my program crashed. Ah! I didn't hear the noise. It was me going, ah! <laughs> Uh, do I need to... Well, it's almost time for a break anyway. All right. <laughs> uh, I got a list here from uh, Google 2023 top search items. Um, for what? It just depends. Uh, the, one of the big ones was the uh, Barbenheimer, which is a combination of the oh, Barbie yeah, movie yeah. and Oppenheimer. Uh, Oppenheimer. Uh, ongoing Israeli-Hamas war, top the news trends in 2023. Titanic-bound submersibles was big. Earthquakes. Uh, Near-death cardiac arrest. Uh, ah, don't, I'm not, uh, what a lot of people who... Uh, I'm not down with that. ...plan their murders. You, know, you have to realize that they, they go back and look at your search history. Yeah. And some people, <laughs> no one present, that says... Well, Poisons. If I, no, if, if I die... Yes. Here's my password. Go delete my search history. That's one thing that people are worried about. If yes. you die unexpectedly, you have to have someone that can delete your search history, especially it be, yours. It becomes an accessory to the crime? There's no crime. I'm talking about, you know, they may have uh, porn or different things on there that they don't want their loved ones to see. It's not always about murder, Is Jeff. Is that why you want me to... Delete my stuff. Delete your stuff when you yeah, die. Yeah, go anonymous. There'll be more legal news and views, 97.3, 97.7. FM, 1450 AM, if you still have one of those in your vehicle. Yeah. We'll be right back. Have you ever missed one of your favorite local shows on WAOV? Ever missed the morning chat, Mark and Mark, or even financial questions, real answers? Well, that's not a problem anymore. WAOV has our local shows on podcast and easy to get to them. Go to WAOVAM.com and click on the podcast tab at the top to find your show. It's that easy. So if you miss Vintage Vincent, legal news or views, or just the tips, listen to the podcast the next day. Go to WAOVAM.com and find your podcast. And we're back, leaving news and views. I'm Jeff. I'm Dave. Still time for your call, 812-882-3737. But right now, it's time for that regularly scheduled segment of the program known as Least Competent Criminals. I've got three this fine Thursday afternoon. And we'll start in Florida, uh, where... At about midnight on a Saturday night, uh, 
EMS emergency personnel were assisting somebody in an altered mental state, possibly under the influence of drugs. They were also being assisted by deputies from the local county police when Stanley Williams, age 35, decided he's going to steal the ambulance. Uh, my guess is it probably was running, had the key in it. Uh, that seems to be a normal procedure. So Stanley got in the ambulance, and, of course, what makes him a least competent criminal is there are deputies with their cars right by as the ambulance drives off, so they just follow him. Then what cements Stanley as an incompetent criminal is, according to his own testimony, he took a wrong turn and ended up parking the ambulance in the front yard of the sheriff's department's headquarters. Uh, Stanley was removed from the vehicle and sent to a local hospital for evaluation. Next up is a 62-year-old woman from Haslett, Michigan, goes into her local Walmart, fills up her shopping cart, and goes to the self checkout line, but she doesn't check out. She just wheels right through $700 worth of Walmart stuff and out to the parking lot. So what makes her a least competent criminal? Well, it could be the 75 police officers who were at the Walmart for shop with a cop. You probably heard of that. We have it here locally. Uh, and the store's uh, clerk simply turned around, said to one of the police, she hadn't paid, uh, so she didn't even make it out of the parking lot. And she's now in jail. And then finally, we'll go back to Florida. Uh, Joshua James Pinquet, he's 21 years of age and from Orlando, Florida. He had a job. His job was to drive inmates uh, from one area to another. Uh, so he had a special van uh, with a... a I guess, caging for the inmates. But as he was driving four inmates to Hickory, North Carolina, he, he calls his boss on his cell phone and says, I quit. And he drove through Hickory, North Carolina and never dropped off the inmates. Uh, he was arrested in nearby Aradale County and charged with second-degree kidnapping and larceny, stole the van. Uh, so um, He didn't think this through. I know. Well, Maybe that, he wanted to be in the back of the van. That's, uh, I think, what makes him a least competent criminal. And, Dave? I had two of your three, so okay. I'm good. All right. Uh, so that brings to close this week's Least Competent Criminals. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, this guy worked in Spain for Mercedes-Benz, ah. and he was upset. Uh, so he decided to go on a spree of destruction uh, this week. Apparently, out of disgust for his employer, this 38-year-old man used a front-end loader to break into the facility and trash about 50 Mercedes-Benz luxury vehicles. Ooh, 50 of them. And it gets better, because these were not your typical touring cars. These, apparently in Europe, Mercedes-Benz vans are very popular. So oh, these okay. are six-digit luxury vans that Got he it. decided to take out, 50 of them. Um, so according to the parent company, it's the second largest van plant that operates globa globally. So he goes in there and uh, trashes all of these Class V uh, vehicles and does a lot of damage with this piece of equipment as you can imagine and uh, doesn't explain in the story what he was upset about but uh, I'm sure that all of his uh, ne'er-do-wellism was caught on video that's going to be an expensive uh, reimbursement because the, the way these vans are trash stacked scratched bent dented flipped over they may be irreparable so if you get a good deal on a Mercedes new van, uh, you might want to see if it was from Italy. <laughs> uh, Dave Bliller, B-L-I-L-E-R, 
is a Marine vet veteran living in Oliphant Bureau, Pennsylvania. Uh, Dave uh, apparently has had problems with the local government for the past seven year, several years, and he'd had enough. So he took a four by eight sheet of plywood, painted it, and on it he painted the sign, well, I'm going to say F the government. Pretty prominent, hanging on his porch. Well, the borough, Oliphant Bureau, said, well, you're in violation of our sign ordinance. Uh, while you're allowed a sign of a certain size, you have to have a permit and pay a $40 fee. Well, Liller seems to think that violates his First Amendment free speech rights under the American Constitution. It could very well because there's a difference between personal speech and commercial speech, but go ahead. Well, and here's probably uh, the contrast uh, or the uh, competing interest. Um, I'm sure Oliphant Bureau, uh, like most towns, uh, signs are kind of visual trash. Uh, and they regulate signs as a way of keeping neighborhoods looking nice. Uh, so it's going to be an interesting case to follow. Uh, and I'm sure uh, he's got backing from uh, conservative groups uh, in a First Amendment group called Center for American Liberty. So I'm pretty sure we're going to hear more from this case in the future. A woman is accused of stealing their Uber driver's vehicle because they were driving too slowly as she was being taken to Austin's airport on Sunday. According to the affidavit, Nusha Alexandra Afkami, 27, was arrested for allegedly stealing the driver's vehicle and using the driver's credit card without consent. Uh, just before 12.30 a.m. on Sunday, the Uber picked her up from a hotel. While driving to the airport, she, uh, the report states that the Uber driver said this lady appeared to be upset about how long it was taking to get to the airport. She proceeded to drive the guy's phone, throw it out the window, prompting the driver to stop and get out of the car to go get his phone. And while he was outside getting his phone, she took control of the car and drove away uh, with his car, leaving him stranded along the side of the road. Hopefully he was able to recover his phone. Officers were notified, able to locate the car abandoned in front of the terminal at the airport. Uh, while being questioned, she claimed that the Uber driver were arguing over how long the drive was going to take. She told the driver, I need to get to the airport, so I'm going to take your car and drop it off at Southwest Airlines. So she, she says, I asked permission. I'm going to take your car and just leave it parked abandoned at the terminal. <laughs> Good luck getting there. Uh, she also stole the driver's wallet and used a credit card for several items, totaling $130 at the store inside the airport. All items purchased with the driver's card were found in her possession. So, I don't believe her story. I don't believe she asked permission. Your car will be at the airport. And by what? Thanks for all this stuff I'm buying as I'm going to the plane. Prosecutor, judge, and jury. Yeah, well. <laughs> uh, Michael William Tobin uh, was a lieutenant in the Clarksville, Iowa Police Force. And apparently uh, investigated a case uh, where a teenage girl uh, was involved with a sex offender who had offered minors alcohol and cigarettes for nude photos of themselves. Um, Tobin, I guess after meeting the teenager, um, she asked to join the department's ride-along program in 2021, which is when Tobin began having sex with the teenager. He exchanged nude photos with her and asked her for naked photos of her friends. He also showed her photos of other nude teenagers, meaning, eh, it ain't his first time. He's now serving 15 years in prison. And hopefully... A message there for other officers or people in authority. More legal news and views, 97.3, 97.7 FM, 1450 AM. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. 
Have you ever missed one of your favorite local shows on WAOV? Ever missed the morning chat, Mark and Mark, or even financial questions, real answers? Well, that's not a problem anymore. WAOV has our local shows on podcast and easy to get to them. Go to WAOVAM.com and click on the podcast tab at the top to find your show. It's that easy. So if you miss Vintage Vincent, legal news or views, or just the tips, listen to the podcast the next day. Go to WAOVAM.com and find your podcasts. And we're back. Legal News and Views. I'm Jeff. I'm Dave. Still time for your call. 812-882-3737. This guy could be considered a really bad landlord in Michigan. Got sentenced to life in prison on Friday after a jury did not buy his claim that he killed his two tenants. No, this, one. Is, this is a follow-up. We did this story. We did? Yeah. Well, he's convicted. Yeah. Who were shot and strangled to death, and he claimed self-defense. Yeah. He, he, well, not only that, I think he burned the bodies. He found him uh, guilty in October of second-degree murder, 34-year-old Joseph Soul's death, and his uh, first-degree murder of Soul's girlfriend, 31-year-old Jacqueline Leopard. Uh, he claims that he was out on the porch and the man pulled a knife on him, so of course you do what you do, what you do is you shoot him dead. Uh, and he claims the um, um, Leopard tried to run away. Reed gave chase and pounded her face and then found something to strangle her with. So he's going away for life on one charge without parole. And the judge also gave him 125 years to be served after his life sentence yeah. for the second charge. So After he's dead. He, he, he's not getting out, and there's no good time for that. And it's, uh, uh, the two victims had uh, alcohol and cocaine in their system, so who knows uh, how that party ran so terribly amok. Yeah, all right. Uh, Vituity is a physician-owned medical care provider, claims to see 8 million patients annually, operate out of 450 practice locations. It decided um, it needed to have a Bridge to Brilliance program where it offered a $100,000 signing bonus to physicians. I can can use some of that bridge money. Well, no, you can't. There's a catch. There's a catch? you got to be brilliant? you got to be black. Oh, uh, then that will get you a lawsuit. Uh, other physicians are suing Vituity, saying, "Hey, that is racial discrimination." A related story comes out of Boston that has a woman Asian mayor, first Asian mayor of Boston, and she has her assistant send out an invite to a holiday party, uh, and tells the assistant it's for only elected persons of color. Uh, Well, what she didn't tell the assistant is, don't send it to anyone other than elected persons of color. And the assistant sent it to all of the council members, uh, seven of whom are white, who uh, took umbrage. Now, I don't think a lawsuit will result from that, because it's kind of, unless it's being paid for by the taxpayer. Uh, But if it's a private party, uh, you can invite whoever you want. Uh, But the uh, white council members think it to be... Uh, Was that, uh, but how did the white council members find out they weren't supposed to be there? Uh, because the invitation said... Oh, it actually said persons of color? Only. Oh, well, that was, that was, uh, that was not smart. No, no. She's, uh, I hope she, she's going to get a new assistant, at least. <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> this guy in Colorado is pretty lucky, I would say. He's going to get $400,000 in a settlement with the city. He was arrested for DUI, even though he passed breath and blood alcohol test. (laughs) Harris Elias, a general contractor and pilot, is to be awarded the $400,000 from the city of Loveland, Colorado, resolving a federal lawsuit he filed against the city and its police officers in 2022. Uh, He alleges that he was arrested on January 4, 2020, while driving home after a dinner party. He was pulled over for failing uh, to signal while changing lanes and told LIS he smelled alcohol, overwhelming odor of alcohol coming from the vehicle. He refused to take a roadside test and said he wouldn't answer Gates' questions. He then uh, was brought to the local police station, suspected DUI. No drugs or alcohol were found in his car uh, or on his person. 
He took a breath test at the station with produced a 0% BAC, uh, blood alcohol contact. And uh, I'm not going to play a game. This is my freedom you're talking about. Police then told Elias to take a blood test, which also came back negative in March 2020 for all tested substances. Uh, meanwhile, he had his pilot's license investigated due to that arrest. Um, his attorney uh, alleged that Loveland Police Department officers would compete with one another as well as other police department who could make the most DUI arrests. So my guess is, obviously not having been there, uh, he spent three days in jail, um, even though he, he tested zero on all those. I think that he may have had it, perhaps came off with a bad attitude, and they, despite those tests, which should have led to his release, um, so, uh -huh. if they test negative, you probably ought to let them go. <laughs> Give them a ticket for failure to signal, which was probably not pretextual, and he really failed to signal, don't you think? I think. Uh, Missouri uh, story and an Ohio story, similar uh, theme, diners gone bad. Uh, Panda Express in Missouri, uh, about 3.50 in the afternoon, uh, Philip Pearson, age 33, was unhappy with his food. Uh, the um, manager of Panda Express said he'd eaten about half of it when he began to complain. Uh, so they replaced his food. Uh, he took the food, then came back and threw it at him, and then stabbed one of the employees. Um, he's, uh, of course, been charged uh, with felony assault and weapons charge. Um, the um, the other story. That was in a restaurant? Yeah. So it was assault and buttery? Ooh. Ouch. I can pepper you with these all day. Well, it was a Panda Express and so maybe soy. Uh, hello, kitty. And then we have Rosemary <laughs> Hain in Parma, Ohio, in the Chipotle restaurant. Uh, she didn't like her food. She's age 39. She threw the bowl of food at the manager. Uh, she tried to run out of the restaurant, but other diners got her license plate, and the police arrested her uh, on September 5. She's been to court. November 28, Judge Timothy Gilligan, that's right, Gilligan, offered oh, skipper. one of two sentences for her not acceptable behavior. Standard fine and 180 days in jail or 60 days in jail and working 20 hours a week at a fast food restaurant for two months. Hain apologized and uh, took the standard fine and jail time. Uh, the, the, I thought this was kind of magnanimous on the part of the manager. Well, she could have shot me. I guess it's better to have a bowl of food thrown at me. I'm not sure this would happen. In the United States, this is from Thailand. He had, this guy was acting strange and had visible bulges in his pants that Ooh, caught the attention yeah. of officers as he was walking through an x-ray machine. They were moving, weren't they? At a security checkpoint. Uh, apparently, this guy was uh, busted at the airport for smuggling two otters and a prairie dog <laughs> in his underwear. <laughs> otters are not... Friendly well, creatures. There's a picture. Prairie dogs aren't that friendly. Well, this prairie dog, who uh, is not that large, but he has claws that are three inches long. I mean, what, what are you going to do with those? He ought to know better. Oh, that's a that's a long setup for a lousy bunch. Hey, of I didn't smuggle them in my drawers. Uh, apparently, uh, in Denmark, uh, electrical vehicles. Uh, are having a hard time if they're cold. And that's led a lot of people to put toasters under their batteries of the electrical vehicles, leading the police in Denmark to issue a warning, saying, hey, your car will catch fire. And if your car is next to your house or your garage, it'll catch fire. Do not use your toaster to keep your batteries warm. What country was that in? Denmark. Oh. The town was Stenlil. Yeah, I, I think the uh, performance of those vehicles is uh, or charging is affected by the cold, certainly. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, while Dave looks, uh, 
What do I have here? You have two minutes. Well, you have a grandma. Well, we have one minute. Who gave her um, Christmas gift to her son. It was actor Brett Gaffney told him um, as he heads back to Las Vegas, do not open uh, the package uh, until you get there. Of course, it's security. They say, what's in the package? He said, well, I can't open it till I get home, uh, which got him uh, delayed on his flight. Now, that is a signal that uh, we have less than 60 seconds left. As I said earlier, uh, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year's. This is Jeff. This is Dave. Thanks for listening. Legal News and Views, 93.7. I'm sorry, 97.3, AM. We'll see you next year. Thanks for listening. Trent Hinkle. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Trent Hinkle. I was not born in Knox County, but moved here after uh, one year of living in uh, Montgomery County. I was born in Crawfordsville, and uh, my mom and dad are both from here. I have lots of extended family, aunts, uncles, cousins that lived here, and so my dad moved back to take over the farm, and uh, that's pretty well where I've lived most of my life, and I still farm with my brothers. And uh, married, got three uh, kids uh, that came with my wife, which was a good thing, a great thing, and um, enjoy being a commissioner. And that's what we're here to talk about tonight, right? Excellent. Yes. Thank you very much. Uh, What is your education? My education, I went to South Knox. Well, let me start. It's very important that you know that I went to Decker Elementary School, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, which is no longer in existence. Um, went there kindergarten through fifth grade, mm-hmm. went to South Knox, sixth through 12th, graduated, went to Oakland City College is what it was called at the time. It's mm-hmm. now Oakland City University and uh, was going to go one year, become an auto diesel mechanic and make lots of money after that. Mm-hmm. Well, God has a funny way of intervie- and intervening in our lives. And so I ended up going to school a second year and getting my associate's degree um, in a Part of that year, I worked up at Crane Naval Base on a co-op deal with the school. Nice. Uh, Worked in the forklift shop there, repairing forklifts and whatever. And uh, then I decided, well, I'm in school. I might as well finish. So I actually got a Bachelor of Arts in Christian Education. um, And so I spent the next three years doing that and um, enjoyed it and uh, still use all of that to this day. And um, it's been good. Awesome. That's cool. Um, so what is your work history? Work history? Well, I started working, uh, driving the tractor for the first time when I was eight years old mm-hmm. and uh, working full time pretty much when I was 12. I mean, outside of school. Yeah. Um, and uh, all summer long, six days a week. We had a lot of hogs back then, and mm-hmm. that's a lot of management and labor. Um, so I've worked on the farm almost all my life, except for when I lived away a little bit. Uh, after college, I moved to Florida for a couple of years or outside the Tampa area and uh, worked as a forklift mechanic mm-hmm. and also uh, assisted in trying to help a, a new church get started. And then I moved to Tennessee for a year and worked at a farmer's co-op doing retail, really, um, and uh, selling feed and hay and straw and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I moved back home and started farming and uh Then I was a youth pastor for a while and started driving a school bus at that time and uh, subbing. And then I've still driven a school bus up until earlier this year. And uh, so that's been a a long-term deal. Mm -hmm. Um, I uh, lived in a funeral home for a little bit, actually. Oh, wow. Worked at the funeral home. The neighbors were really quiet, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I bet, yeah. Uh, Didn't have any trouble from them. But... um, Oh, my goodness. I worked at a gas station. I worked at Bryant Chevrolet, washing cars one summer in college. I've done lots and lots of different things for a short period of time, Mm -hmm. but mainly farming and um, uh, throughout most of my life. And I still enjoy that with my two brothers. We farm all together. And um, 
And then I became commissioner. And so that's occupied my life for the last seven years. What, uh, what is the uh, position that you hold as commissioner? Uh, County commissioner, District 3, or sorry, District 2, which is the southern three um, townships in Knox County. That would be Decker Township, Johnson Township, and uh, not Steen. Oh, my goodness. What's the one in Monroe City? I'll think of it in a little bit. Anyway, the big Harrison Township, there yeah. we go, is the biggest one in the county. Uh, and, well, my next question was, who do you represent? And that would be your, well, your district. Well, it's, it's kind of funny, and people, there's a lot of uh, confusion about, you know, among people about, well, you're the commissioner of this district. No, I'm, I'm commissioner over the whole county. Mm-hmm. It's just you have to live in that district to run in that district and you're you're voted on by the p all the people in the entire county all the voters vote on all three commissioners oh okay so that's a little odd because when it comes to county council uh you can only vote for the people that live in your district Mm -hmm. okay but or that's running in your district but as commissioner you're you're running from a district but you actually are elected by the entire county of voters and then so I, I don't serve just one district. I serve the whole county. That's awesome. See, that's I love those questions. Because sure, absolutely. A lot of nuance that a lot of people don't know how that works. I love so. dispelling myths. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, what are the responsibilities of the job? The responsibilities of a commissioner. Um, it's not a constitutional job in Indiana. It's actually a, a, there are some elected officials in the county that are constitutional jobs. I think the auditor, the assessor, uh, the recorder, the clerk, um, and maybe not the assessor. I don't remember that one. But there are some that are constitutional, actually written in the Constitution, and there are others that were done by the legislature, and that's where the commissioners fit in. So that that role was created by the by the state legislature. I can't tell you what year, mm-hmm. um, but every county has three uh, commissioners, or did at one time. There's I think two counties, maybe three, that do not have commissioners because, like Indianapolis, they have Unigov, which is a council that takes care of both functions, which is executive and financial. Mm -hmm. Um, And so uh, uh, those three, two or three counties are a little different, but all other counties have three commissioners.